Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Thousands marched to Dublin City yesterday after uh, the peaceful protest uh, for the recent killing of George Floyd in the United or in the United States. Now, protesters marched from the Spar and O'Connell Street to the U.S. Embassy in Ballsbridge, chanting "Black Lives Matter, No Justice, No Peace." Upon arrival at the embassy, a minute silence was observed, and U.S. protests began in Minneapolis, as you know, on Monday, which was triggered by the death of George Floyd, a black man who pleaded for air as the police pressed his knee down on his neck in Minneapolis. I'm sure many of you have seen the video. It is horrific to watch. It is actually unsettling to watch. And I did watch the whole thing last week, of course, when the, the video came out first. And to watch that man on the ground who wasn't resisting arrest in the first place, I suppose, you know, gasping for air, knowing that he was going to die. And this police officer, even after he was unconscious, after losing consciousness, still kept his knee pressed on his neck, was just disgusting. And I hope that police officer, Derek Chauvin, I hope he ends up in jail for the rest of his life. But that's up to the American justice system to sort that out. Yes, they marked the second day of the protests in Dublin after dozens gathered outside the U.S. Embassy and outside the U.S. Ambassador's residence in the Phoenix Park. And among the thousands marching in the protests was the Solidarity People Before Profit, TD Breed Smith. She said, this is the most powerful and youngest protest I have been at uh, since the death of Savita Hanapanover. And Fine Gael Councillor James Gagan uh, has asked the Lord Mayor of Dublin to open an online book of condolences for George Floyd. While many protested, there are many people online who have disagreed with the protest uh, because of COVID-19. Some of the messages we received, by the way, uh, I agree that what happened in the United States to George Floyd was horrendous, but we have spent the last nine weeks in lockdown down to stop the spread of COVID-19, lives have been lost and families decimated. Jobs and businesses will be lost forever. To see the irresponsibility of people to gather in a mass group like that was just unbelievable. The nurses' union are appalled after all the sacrifices that were made by their frontline workers. Uh, people who are speaking out against the protests are now being called racist. I have to say, Niall, I have really struggled this last while to try to stay positive and just when we are seeing a chink of light, something like this happens. The protest uh, was of course held in the capital which has been or has the highest amount of deaths related to COVID-19. Please don't read out my name in the air because I don't want to be accused of racism. I'm anything but that. But I do believe that this, uh, that it should be about all lives matter rather than just one race, whatever that race is. And many people are also angry that Leo Varadkar's tweet yesterday that he shook didn't condemn it. He said racism is a virus that we have been fighting for a millennia. Despite the progress we have made, it is no less virulent today and no less dangerous. We need to uh, show solidarity as people of all races and backgrounds around the world come together to stop the spread and defeat it. In other words, he commended the protest yesterday. And he actually said today he didn't, he thinks that people were adhering to the guidelines. Did he not see the protest yesterday? But look, I want to talk about the protests in general and the Black Lives Matter movement as well uh, on a wider scale. But also, I want to get your thoughts on yesterday's protests in Dublin. Are you one of those people who disagree with it uh, on the grounds of COVID-19? And clearly there was no social distancing in that particular um, instance. But uh, just to, I suppose, give us a, a wider view of what's happening in America at the moment. I want to speak to Larry Donnelly, who's a Boston attorney at NUI Galway, and a law lecturer and political columnist with the journal.ie. Good afternoon, good afternoon to you, Larry. 
Good afternoon, Niall. Um, Larry, I mean, of course, this all started last week. But look, last week was just, you know, another nail in the coffin for racism in the United States. I mean, we can go right back to the roots, I suppose, of the Black Lives Matter, uh, which was uh, Trevian Martin back in 2013, I believe. And then we had the Ferguson riots. Long before that, we had Rodney King. I mean... What is the history behind this, apart from the obvious of slavery? Uh, what is the history behind this particular Black Lives Matter? And is it making any difference? Well, I, I think you're right to, to, to bring the, to throw the clock all the way back to slavery. I think there is a long history and lasting legacy uh, of institutional racism in the United States that I think uh, has made it life very, very difficult for uh, African-Americans and indeed for other racial minorities uh, in the U.S. And, you know, you're right to point out that this is not the first time that there have been numerous incidents uh, over the years of police brutality, in particular white police officers uh, against African-American and other racial minorities, uh, which is really, really sad. I would share your, your point of view about uh, watching the video. Of what it's disturbing, disturbing to watch it. It is. And, you know, you really wonder uh, how this man who had skated very close to the edge uh, how he was allowed to remain a police officer is absolutely beyond me, and I would share your view uh, that I hope that they, he's punished to the fullest extent. Well, I can't uh, understand, so by the way, Larry, is why the other police officers, and there was three of them, from what I believe and what I remember, who stood idly by and allowed him to do it, why they're not being taken to task as well. Absolutely, and I, I think that that needs to come out and that needs to be investigated as well as to what procedures were or were not being followed uh, in the course of, at the end of the day, let's not forget, uh, this guy passed a, a counterfeit $20 bill. This is not somebody who went in uh, and tried to rob or beat somebody or was in the act of committing a violent crime. This is uh, a relatively trifling offense in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, worst case so, scenario, handcuffs on you down to the station and get a charge. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. So this was a grossly disproportionate punishment. But, you know, and somebody has said that, look, that's the punishment for uh, any crime that committed by an African-American in the U.S. that they do come down uh, doubly hot on people. Uh, what I think is really important in this context is that uh, peaceful protests go on, that voices be heard, um, and that this will give way to uh, a long overdue national conversation in the United States uh, about issues of race and issues of policing. But uh, I'm sure that has been said, Larry, on numerous occasions before, right back to Rodney King, where we've seen the riots in California, right back to, you know, Trevian Martin, and also then we had Michael Brown, of course, and many of those other... I'm, I'm, and by the way, these are just the ones that we know about. There are many other black people that have been killed unlawfully by police over years. I, might, I, I want to be fair, there's only probably white people who have been killed by police unlawfully as well. But in saying that, every single time those situations happen and you had burning of buildings and burning burnings of cars and protests and riots. I mean, everybody said the same thing. Well, maybe now we'll get to the bottom of it. Here we are again. Well, well it's a fair point, and there's, there's just cause, I think, to be despondent because it's happened over and over again. But what I will say is, at least in my lifetime, I have never seen the scale uh, of protest, the scale of uh, upheaval, the scale of anger that we're seeing right across the United States. The other incidents you refer to, by and large, were confined geographically uh, to the place where they happened. Uh, you now have protests from, you know, all the way from my home city of Boston to San Francisco and everywhere uh, else in between. So I don't think there's any incident uh, that's quite gripped the national consciousness like this one. But when, um, we, see, when we see, you know, buildings being set fire to, when we see, uh, you know, people behaving feral, essentially losing and all that kind of thing, 
does that not make the matter worse? Because then you've got the white communities looking at black people, and it's not all black people, by the way, committing these crimes, can I just say, over the last three days, there are white people too, uh, but the majority seem to be in black communities, looking and going, but you look, we're right. Does this not just compound the problem when they, we'd see them behaving like this? Well, this is, this is the most difficult part of this, is that the vast majority, in my view, and indeed the footage and ever the coverage that I've seen would bear this out, the vast majority of people are engaging in peaceful protest. However, there is a, a small, angry minority, and you're absolutely right, they're not all African-Americans, they're people of all colors, indeed a lot of white people uh, who have these anarchists, either far-left or far-right-wing views, uh, or are just plain thugs and criminals, and are using this uh, fraught period as an excuse uh, to commit horrible crimes. And let's remember... Who are the people who are getting hurt by this? In many instances, if we look at in minority communities, they're small business people who've been working so hard their whole lives and who right now in the midst of a pandemic were hurting already. Uh, and now this is adding even more to it. So the police are in something in a, of an invidious position right now in the sense that they obviously want to be cautious. And we've seen police officers in the United States saying, look, we're with you. We want you to have these peaceful protests. They even kneeled down with them yesterday. Some of the police officers kneeled down with the protesters. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, they're then being faced with this element that is committing horrendous crimes. And look, I don't agree with Donald Trump on much, uh, but I would be of the same view of him that the people who do commit these crimes, who do use this as an excuse uh, to ride and look, they they need to be come down on very hard. Well, I mean, people are having a go at Trump because he called them thugs and evil or whatever with the words he used to refer to them. Obama said exactly the same thing about them at the time when the riots happened during his tenure as president. Now, also, by the way, I just want to give you a quick listen to this. This was uh, Larry Elder. Are you familiar with Larry Elder? He's an, I do, yeah. Yeah, he's an American talk show host. And he was asked about this term African-American and why it was used on a regular basis and about racism in general. Just a brief answer he gave. All right, just have a listen. The goal is to re- re- tell black people that we're victims, that uh, discrimination and racism remain major problems in America when, in fact, they don't. Uh, and uh, they want black people to vote for the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party gets uh, 95% of the black vote, uh, and the reason they get it is because blacks are convinced that the number one issue facing the country right now is social justice, racist white cops, uh, discrimination, systemic uh, racism, microaggression, whatever new word they come up with, and it's a bunch of nonsense. The number one problem domestically facing this country is a breakdown of the family. And uh, President Obama said it. I didn't. Uh, a, a, a black kid, or a kid, not just a black kid, a kid raised without a dad, is five times more likely to be poor and commit crimes, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. So you're far more likely to end up in jail without having a dad than you are because of a white racist cop. What do you think of what he's saying? So basically what he's saying essentially is that black communities would be poorer in a lot of cities in America. And by that notion, when you have separated families or single parent families or, you know, or whatever, divorced families, um, you know, that these black kids in these poor communities turn to crime and I suppose then become the victims of themselves. Look, you know, Larry Elder is is a very, very small minority of the African-American community in terms of how he thinks. He has a point to an extent. But what I would say in terms of his recitation of statistics there is a lot of that is uh, the legacy of institutional racism and oppression at every level for many years. And to sum it up very, very briefly, just in riposte to what he has said, uh, if George Floyd uh, were white, that would not have happened to him. Uh, I am as certain of that as I can be about anything. Uh, and so to say that institutional racism in the United States is a thing of the past, 
uh, I think is not true. And I realize the irony in me as a white American saying that uh, in response to an African-American. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I'm looking at some of the comments coming in and some people say everybody is horrified by what happens to anybody, be you black or be you white in the United States. Or thankfully, we don't really have that situation here because cops don't have guns, uh, generally speaking, because the, the, normally we're talking about shootings. Uh, in this particular case, of course, he didn't need a gun. But thankfully, we haven't seen that kind of police brutality. I suppose the argument is when you've got a population of 340 million people, I don't have many cops. I'm imagining probably somewhere in the region of 30 or 40,000 cops, probably more, probably 100,000 cops. I don't know. I mean, you're always going to get bad apples. 90% of cops are good people who want to go out and do a job and are not racist and are not treating black people and white people differently. But you're always going to get cops out there who are racist, who are just evil people. And that's just nature, I suppose. It is, and I think that those qualities are exacerbated by certain things about America. Again, this is one of the things that makes it tough now to talk about this stuff, especially for me, because it makes me look inside uh, and sometimes see things that aren't really all that pleasant. And the reality is uh, that the United States is a very militarized, arguably aggressive society uh, in which the gun plays uh, a really an alarmingly central role uh, in society. And the way I look at it, actually, in terms of policing, and this is why I say, uh, yes, the discussion needs to happen about race, but you're right to say that policing doesn't just, we're all policed. We're not, not just African-Americans. And policing uh, broadly needs to be discussed in the United States. And one little word, I think, really tells the difference uh, between the situation here in Western Europe versus uh, in the United States. On this side of the Atlantic, we're much more prone to talk about the police service. Whereas in the United States, we talk about the police force. And I think that that word, that one word difference, I think is really telling in the relationship between the people and the police. I think that really tells an awful lot. Can I ask you, do you know who Dave Patrick Underwood is? Have you ever heard I don't. Of okay, Dave Patrick Underwood is a federal officer, not a cop, who was protecting the courthouse three days ago, and he was killed in a drive-by shooting. And he's the brother of a Republican senator, um, but no sympathy are nothing really in the papers because it's been accused, They well, they're saying it's democratic biased media. Um, he's a black guy. He was killed by a black guy. And yet we see nothing of that in the paper. Is, are the media sometimes biased uh, when it comes to Black Lives Matter? Do you think the media sometimes are biased? And it suits the Democrats to see these stories out there because, of course, as Larry Elder mentioned, and I'm not going to completely disagree, the Democrats get the majority of the black vote. Yeah, well, look, I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Democrat, as most people would know, and I, and I would lean left, slightly left of center. But uh, I think there's no mystery. I think it's very difficult to deny that the vast majority of the American media, with the exception of Fox News and Breitbart and a few others, uh, lean to the left. And that that, that, uh, that ideology, I'm afraid, seeps through a lot of their uh, programming and a lot of their coverage of different things. So all of these deaths are tragic. All of these deaths. But we don't. The point is, we don't hear about all of them. And well, you know, and this was equally as horrible a death. The guy that spent twenty five years of his life, as far as I know, a federal officer, a good guy, he was protecting the courthouse, and he shot. You know what I mean? Uh, shot dead. I mean, there was many other cops injured in a drive by shooting. So this is equally as horrible. But we don't hear about that. We don't hear about everything. And I'm. And by the way, I am not for one minute justifying any racially motive killings uh, of any nature. But what I'm saying is, we're fed information in a certain way, are we not? 
No, I, I think that there is, an, there is an element of truth to that. And again, I think we need to hear all about all of these tragedies, indeed, uh, the tragic loss of, of life of this African-American man. All of these uh, are hugely important. All of these need to, uh, I suppose, inform our approach uh, as we go forward. But I mean, not that the reality here is that the, uh, uh, the society in my home country of America is hurting uh, it's divided. It's wounded. Um, there are all sorts of really big difficulties and problems that need to be sorted. Uh, and the reality is people ask me, you know, continually Irish people ask, how did Donald Trump get elected? Uh, and I always say, look, if everything was OK, if everything was normal, if everything was the United States that so many Irish people know and love and, and spent time in and have relatives in, if that was all the case, then Donald Trump wouldn't have had uh, any chance of winning election. However, uh, the country is hurting badly right now. Okay, but I suppose the solution to all this throughout history, with the exception of uh, Barack Obama, um, they've always had a white president. So the white people have somebody to look, about, look, look up to. Since Martin Luther King, um, you know, uh, sadly passed away, black people have had no leader as such. Martin Luther King gave the black community and black people in America hope. And he talked about love and a dream. Is it the answer not simpler to all this, that it's just about respect, it's just about love and us respecting that black, you know, white people in America need to start respecting black people and vice versa? I mean, I'm without a leader or somebody who can tell them that. And I don't see anybody stepping up to the plate, any black leaders stepping up to the plate in the United States at the moment to tell black people this, that we all need to respect each other as well or somebody they can look up to. Is that part of the problem? I think that's part of it. Look, I, I mean, I do think that there are some emerging young African-American leaders who I think uh, can play a vital role in this. But I think political leadership on both sides of the ideological aisle uh, of all races, I think at certain instances they have failed. And I think it's partly been because uh, division, uh, while it's often criticized, division can also be uh, a politically fertile ground on which to base uh, a career, and I think there's been uh, too many politicians, I'm afraid, uh, who've played on those divisions and have utilized that to advance their own careers instead of focusing uh, on the broader goals uh, of unity and unifying the American people. You mentioned Barack Obama. I mean, that was one of uh, the trademarks of his presidency. That's one of the things I think swept him into office. Uh, I think Barack Obama was very, very frustrated. Uh, by the I don't American think he achieved an awful lot, Larry, in the time he was there. He was this great black hope, I suppose, if that's the word you, or term you want to use. And the black community saw this is an opportunity for the black community in America. And the white community liked him, too. He was a nice guy. He was charismatic. But I don't think he really achieved much for the black community. Well, I think, I mean, look, I, you know, in terms of achievement, uh, I think if you look at what he did on health care, even though, you know, some people will say it was piecemeal reform, uh, American presidents have been trying to reform health care for 100 the years. The only thing he'd be remembered for is, is uh, Obama health care. That's the only thing he's going to be uh, remembered for. Well, that, that, in, that in and of itself is a substantial legacy. But you, I take your point. I mean, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of African-Americans in particular, uh, were disappointed by Obama's failure to deliver on change. Uh, I think part of that, again, is because he instinctively doesn't like politics, didn't like the nitty-gritty of it. But also, I think it's because of certain institutional obstacles and impediments uh, that are very, very tough to overcome in the United States. And the reality uh, that change, sadly, has moved at a glacial pace in the United States. If anything comes from this, and this is why I keep harkening back to this perhaps idealized point about a national conversation, if anything comes from the current situation, uh, is that we might get some change and we might be able to push forward and move 
uh, past some of these obstacles. And finally, just before you go, Larry, although you are a Democrat by your own admission, how do you think Donald Trump has handled the last three days? Do you believe he's handled it as a president should? Uh, I believe he's handled it poorly. Uh, I think uh, optically, I think that the image of him strange, rather strangely holding a Bible standing in front of uh, a church when everybody knows he really doesn't have much interest in religion and very seldom goes. Uh, and some of the comments he's made on Twitter, I think, uh, were, have been very bad. I think his remarks to the country last night, I think he made some fair points, especially I, I especially thought it was good that he said he was an ally of peaceful protesters. But that has really been diminished by some of the other things he's said and done. So again, uh, I think we see somebody who's not fit for leading the country at the moment. But uh, the key thing here is uh, what this is going to, how this is going to play out politically. Two things could happen, or two things both might happen. One is that this galvanizes African Americans to get to the polls, which is bad for Trump. On the other hand, uh, it might all galvanize white America, particularly middle America, who see this and say, "We need to, we need law and order. We need to restore things. We need to reelect Donald Trump." Those two competing trends will be significant in November. Listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you joining us today. Larry Donnelly, who's a Boston attorney at NUI Galway, a law lecturer and political columnist with the Journal.ie. Appreciate you coming out of the air. Now, just to move the angle slightly, um, we all know why it's happening. We all know why the protest is happening. But yesterday, of course, the protest was in Dublin in solidarity uh, around the world with Black Lives Matter. A lot of people, by the way, texting in about what Donald Trump said about Antifa. I probably would agree with him, actually. When you look at some of the members and some of the videos I've seen of Antifa, they probably are terrorists, uh, many of those people who represent them. Uh, but anyway, Anyway, uh, moving on to the actual protests yesterday, it was a peaceful protest, but the problem is we're in a lockdown and we're still a lockdown. We're nowhere near that second phase yet where we can get out a little bit more and have some sort of gatherings of small groupings of people. Actually, it's August before we have larger groupings and that even doesn't account for over a thousand or a thousand five hundred people. It's quite ironic that actually uh, some of these solidarity people for profit were condemning uh, other protests going back uh, a couple of weeks ago, but yet they were posting pictures of these protests tests today saying isn't this wonderful over a thousand people it looked like about two thousand to be honest with you marching down O'Connell Street anybody who suggests for one minute there was social distancing there is delusional there was no social distancing Leo Veronica on the TV or should say on the radio this morning uh, talking about the fact that we've all been well behaved etc etc they might be bringing a phase forward and he has noticed that you know we're all keeping within the guidelines did he not see the protest yesterday of course he did he's actually in solidarity with them he's a t-shirt of the country he's supposed to be you know, abiding by the rules and making sure we all abide by them. And yet he didn't condemn this protest, not condemning the protest and the point of the protest, but condemning the action. In other words, people all meeting yesterday, a mass assembly of people. You know my feelings on social distancing going forward in relation to this virus. You know my feelings in relation to I believe this virus has been suppressed in the community. And I believe very few people were at risk yesterday. But realistically... Why aren't the experts who've been advising our government, including Tony Holohan and everybody else, who've been advising them from Neffet, who are saying this virus is at a risk of coming back for a second wave, etc., etc., why aren't they shouting from the rooftops today? Because they're afraid they'll be called racist. Is that why? Let me know what you think. Does it go or fly in the face of everything we've been told for the last nine weeks for our Taoiseach not to even condemn the protest, Jesse, and a mass gathering of people in the middle of Dublin City? Let me know what you think. The number is 087 188 0008.
Um, a very annoying, Niall. This is in relation to social distancing. Mm. Leo in solidarity with the protest is a joke while telling us to keep our distance. You can't have it every way, Leo. A lot of people suggesting Leo should resign. Clearly, he's not willing to condemn this uh, unless he's a coward and is afraid they'll call him a, um, a racist. Well, I don't think Leo is a racist by any stretch of the imagination. Caretaker Varadka uh, should step down from his post. Not fit for purpose in our island of Ireland. Let me go to Joe. Joe, you're on Classic Kids. How you do, Joe? Niall, how are you doing? Um, Joe, I mean, look, this protest, Jesse, let's not talk about the reason for the protest. I think everybody understands the reason for the protest. Uh, but in saying that, you know, I mean, 2,000 people walking down O'Connell Street in a protest. I can think of lots of other things we could protest over, but we're not allowed to protest at the moment. Niall, I 100% agree totally with what you've been saying. I've struggled over the last few days to understand the mentality of the Irish people. I think it's sickening, disgusting, the double standards and the hypocrisy of those who attended the march and those who organised the march. We can protest uh, the tragic loss of a man in the United States, the murder of a man in the United States, yet we remain silent on the genocide of over 1,000 elderly. Oh, I'm losing your line there, Joe. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to read out a tweet that's gone viral at the moment by a person named Niall Boylan. And he tweeted yesterday, which I did, and it said, let's get this into perspective. 1,060 of our own citizens died in care homes and many before the time because the government of the HSE failed to protect them and not one person on the streets. A man is brutally murdered 6,000 miles away and the virtue signalers are out in force to protest. It's disgusting, Niall. And listen, I'm... I'm I'm delighted people are out protesting because I've said it from day one. This is a shamdemic. When there's fear, people don't think rationally. From day one, the experts, not this dope here, the experts are saying that the majority of people will get COVID-19, but for the, ma- the vast majority of us, the symptoms will be mild. Protect the elderly? Absolutely we should. But that's not what the government did. You know what the government did. Well, we, 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 uh, absolutely. we spent the whole of Friday talking about what the exactly. government have done. And, and exactly. thankfully, by the way, the Daily Mail picked it up and put it on the front page of the paper the next and day. Thank, and, and, thank, and thank you, Niall Violet, and Classic Hits. You're the only media out there that has the heroes to say it for what it is. It's disgusting. The oh, whole thing okay, but well, getting back to the protests yesterday, do you think the Taoiseach okay. should have been out today to condemn this, uh, I suppose, not the protest, but certainly the mass gathering of people? Absolutely, absolutely. And if he doesn't condemn it, if he didn't come down, it it flies in the face of what everyone has been doing for the last two months. It's basically harass the people that protest against Leo, come out and, and, and have picnics. But yeah, when people protest in, in, in Dublin for something else, it, you know, he, he doesn't condemn it, he applauds it. And don't get me wrong, people should march against racism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely but it flies in the face of everything that we've been doing the last three months. My own mother could not go to our sister's funeral down in Limerick because of the restrictions of COVID-19. Yeah, I, 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 I spoke to a woman here on the air going back two weeks ago who cried her eyes out because she couldn't visit her son's grave. It, 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 it's crazy. It, it basically makes a mockery 
if Rutgers was well, well, essentially what he's saying because he hasn't mentioned it and because he hasn't condemned it he's, he's more, agreeing with it he's more or less saying the lockdown is over lads off you go absolutely uh, that's kind of he's, kind of he's speaking out of both sides you can't turn around and tell the population you can't leave your homes unless it's necessary you can't come more than five kilometres and all that kind of thing until we get to phase two or three or whatever it happens to be and then turn around and, and not condemn a protest with 2,000 people not even social distancing Absolutely. The reason for the protest was right. Absolutely, we should protest the, the tragic loss of a man's life. Absolutely. But it flies. Those who organise it, it's double standards. It's double standards. They, they remain silent over the genocide. Well, why the why didn't they, you know, the, the people who organised part of the protest, which would have been people before profit and solidarity, Absolutely. why didn't they organise a protest during the week when we found out how many people died in care homes and the fact that, uh, uh, that the testing was taken that, away from them? Why didn't we organise a protest over the weekend? That is the question now that I've asked myself yesterday and all today. Is it because it's not populist? The death or, or the, the health and safety of elderly people that are surplus to requirements, is it because it's not populist that that is? That, uh, you know, marching for them. I don't know. I don't know, but it's disgusting. It really okay. is. All right. All right, listen, thanks for that, Joe. Appreciate it. I agree with everything you've said. Let me go to Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Anne-Marie? Hey, and I was sorry. There's a million things we could protest about currently in this country at the moment. Um, this, this happened 6,000 miles away. I'm not saying it isn't a bad thing to happen. Of course it is. It's disgusting. And anybody who saw the video would agree with me. But, I mean, Leo wasn't really very quick to condemn a mass gathering of nearly 2,000 people, was he? No, I don't think he even... Maybe he was watching it or whatever, wherever. No, he mentioned it. He, he mentioned on Twitter. He mentions oh. on Twitter and he said he was in solidarity with people of all races and backgrounds. Yeah, they come he together. cancelled the St. Patrick's Day parade because of infections. It was going to spread. It was going to spread. The, we're, I'm in a block of flats in town. They cancelled a girl, whole court case. We were trapped in this flat for two days. Weren't, wasn't allowed anywhere outside because of, they didn't want her to protest. And now all of a sudden, this march is on. Everybody's out. It's just like saying, the lockdown is over. Do what you want. But that's, well, but unless he condemns it, you know, mm-hmm. he might as well just say that. Yeah. Because well, that's, that's basically what he's telling the Irish people. It's like, well, matter lock a news down for eight weeks. But it's, it's all right happened. for these 2,000 people to protest because they're triggered. Yeah. yeah. It's an absolute disgrace. Mm-hmm. So I think Kevin Limerick says, "Why don't you so, Niall? I think you're, you're talking about organising a protest, Kevin. I'm not allowed. I work in radio. We're not allowed. I'm not allowed to get involved in protests." Well, I have to be honest, Niall. You're the only person of all the radio stations I listen to. You're the only one that actually opens your mouth and challenges them. Oh, well, thanks. Do you know that. what I mean? I appreciate Fair play that. to you. I appreciate that. But okay, so do you think Leo should come out today and condemn not the obviously the the, the meaning yeah, yeah, the rea- of why it happened? But why it happened? Yeah, because but actual- all them amount of people was allowed to gather in one place where nobody else can. Mm. No, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. And, I, and a lot of people are saying the same thing. You keep texting, uh, keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 Um A lot of people, by the way, are WhatsApping in as well. If you want to send us a little WhatsApp audio message, you can, by the way. All you got to do is uh, WhatsApp your message to 87 That's 087-188-0008. Hi, Noel. Just on the uh, protest and all yesterday. I think these people are an absolute pack of clowns. 2,000 people storming up the middle of Leading O'Connell Street in the middle of a pandemic. And Leo Varadkar doesn't even address it. I mean, if I went to Aldi's and Aldi's was outside my five kilometre range, the guards would turn me back. Like, what happened, there, what happened the other day when all the people were protesting outside of uh, Debenhams because they lost all their jobs, 20 or 30 of them, and they were all torn away because they were breaking the quarantine rules? 
And there's 2,000 of them marching up the bleeding middle of Dublin. It's an absolute joke. Leo Varadkar has a lot to answer for and he needs to come out and say what was going on here. Well, he does, yeah. And lots and lots of texts, by the way, coming in in relation to it. For example, if last weekend's picnic, Richie says, in the park debacle and this weekend's Dublin march in support of the orchestrated violence taking place in the streets of American cities have shown us anything, it is that there is one rule for us and one rule for them at a time when hundreds of Irish grandmothers and grandfathers have been betrayed by our unelected government and left to die... Oh. Sorry, it's scrolling. And left to die in nursing homes and care homes, their funerals limited to 10 people, travel restrictions, social distancing measures enforced, churches, pubs and businesses shut down, many never to reopen again, and Debenhams workers barred from protesting, the usual political useful activists, sheep, are allowed to march in their thousands, unmolested on the streets of our capital, in solidarity with a criminal uh, wrongly killed in police custody 5,000 miles away. My issue, however, is not with these mindless pawns who are told how to think, what to think, and when to think, and into what cause their outrage should be channelled but with their puppet masters and the media and political establishment who unequivocally support them. That's a very long text, isn't it? Uh, okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Let me go to Paul. Paul, you're on Classic Hits, Adrian Paul. Niall, how are you? Oh, it's not the temperature of the day that's making my urine boil. It's this crap that went on yesterday. I mean, people in this country, the last gentleman was spot on. We've all sacrificed things. My mother, it's a small thing. She's 80 years old on the 19th of June. Can't even have it. We can't even celebrate that. We're even worried about letting our own family into the house to see her on the day. Yet these crusties can gather on O'Connell Street, 2,000 of them, and march up to the, to the, to the embassy. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm disgusted by it. I really am. It's, a, it's two fingers to the, to the nurses and doctors in this country. All the frontline staff, people like myself who have isolated ourselves every day for the last 10 weeks because we're out delivering to, to hospitals, to supermarkets, to chemists. You know, we're out, I, I've been in work... But their, their argument is that this, you know, obviously was a good cause. We've all seen the video. and it's it. a, a, yeah. Here's a man who didn't resist arrest who was thrown to the ground, who was handcuffed, they kneeled on his neck until the man could no longer yeah. breathe. Everybody is disgusted by it. So yeah. their but, argument is is that somebody has to stand up and say something and they should be out protesting. Well, why weren't they doing it last week? Why weren't they doing it the last six weeks? Why haven't they been doing it all winter for the homeless? Why is it, why is this well, I, I would agree with you. I, I, I mean, if we do need to protest. There's a million yeah. things I can think about there's tomorrow there's that we can be protesting for. for there's a time and a place for it now. And in the middle of a pandemic where people are suffering daily, who can't even go to their family's funerals, and these guys can go out and protest. I don't like the name of the organisation myself. Personally, I think it's racist in its name. Which, which, it's Black, which, which, Black which, 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 which oh, Black Lives Matter, yes. It's a racist name. It's a racist organisation. But, well, um... Well, I mean, well, I mean, I mean Black Lives Matter were condemned going back many years ago after when it originated first, yeah. when they had these protests. Actually, at one stage, wasn't there six cops shot by um, groups that were representing yeah, Black Lives Matter? So yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily, I think, I personally speaking, I believe all lives matter, but however. But in this particular occasion, Black Lives Matter is there to represent this particular incident, and that's what yeah, we're talking but in, about. in its core, it comes from the Black Power. Yeah, but I mean, you, but you have to admit, in America, there's a huge problem oh, with racism. I mean, I've, I've been over there. We have, I have friends in the States who he, he carries a gun because he's afraid of black people. But that's the way he was brought up. 
I'm not saying. But that's profiling. Yeah, that's profiling. Yeah. Yeah. His, his father and his grandfather... But again, again it depends on what state you're in. I mean, some states... I mean, you take well, places like Chicago. Yeah, well you, well, well, you take places like Chicago, for example, where you've got half the city are black, half the city are white, and half the mm. city live on one side of the city and the other on the other side of the city. Yeah. And rarely will the two mix. So I know, that, that's where you've got problems, and that's where all this stems from, those kind of places. When I, when I worked in the States, I was based in Chicago for a month, and we weren't allowed to leave the area we were in because there was a very large black community outside. And they were afraid that we'd get hurt. Mm. And and by the way, but, black people experience the same in states in America where we're predominantly white. Yeah, you know, they well, experience I mean, racism that you wouldn't have imagined would have occurred back, you know, fifty years ago. You go, you go to South 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 Africa at the moment, and it's the white people who are being discriminated. Absolutely. Against. So uh, racism happens all over the world. But, I know, but I, you don't I imagine it would happen it in the Western world. I disagree with it in every shape and form. I think it's vile and disgusting. But. That doesn't, I mean, my, my feelings on something in relation to racism shouldn't overrule what the law is at the moment in this country and what we are all doing. Just because I want to protest doesn't mean I can go and stand outside my local centre and touch everyone that walks by. Just because I don't agree with some centre, they want to do it or somebody else, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, you have to respect for it. other people's feelings on the matter, exactly. yes. Exactly, absolutely. And gathering like that has probably put us back months. Well, I hope not, by the way. We'll know in two weeks. No, All it takes is one person that's infected and it spreads to two or three and it goes on and on and on. How many of those people are going back into a house where there's somebody that's vulnerable? They, they, they didn't take that into account when they went to protest. All right, okay. Uh, loads and loads of people texting. People not very happy about the protest, yes, but more are so not happy with the fact that Leo Varadkar hasn't condemned it. Kevin, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Kevin? Hello, uh, can you hear me? How are you doing, Kevin? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah, your mother... I'm not... I'm not- not too bad. So my mum works in a care home at the moment. Yeah. So no, the second she, she spoke to me about everything that's Can you turn off your sat-nav there? Sorry. Yeah, give me a sec. Give me a second. <laughs> She's annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> she annoys me all the time when I listen to her. So I was speaking to her last night because, like, apart, so I'm of, of an African background myself, and my mum has lived in this country for about 35 years plus. So my mum is Irish. I see she's Irish herself. I'm Irish. So when she she's working a care home and she sees things like that happening, and like she gets upset over that. Okay. But at the same time, she can understand where it comes from because she grew up. She basically grew up in Ireland where she came through a very racist system where she was treated very unfairly by people. She was left out of jobs, left feeling like she doesn't belong in a place. And then when she saw that yesterday, she was upset that she's not people are putting other people's consideration. But she also accepts that what they're doing is for a purpose. It's not a case that they're just kicking shit into people's faces. There's people that are dying every day in America. True. It's true. That absolutely. By the way, but, but can I, Kevin, nobody, nobody is saying the reasoning, be, although, trust me, if we're allowed to have protests, I think there's a lot more things that we could be protesting about that would be more, exactly. I suppose, relevant locally. Um, I mean, uh, you know, if something happens 6,000 miles away, yes, it's really important, but is it relevant to us? Probably in, to some degree when we talk about racism, but in relation to what's happening in Ireland at the moment, we we spent the whole day on Friday talking about the fact that many elderly people could have been saved in this country if the government had bothered or arsed to actually protect them. But in saying that, there are more relevant things we could protest about if we really want I, to protest. I, I, can be, I'm, I, can, I completely understand that the government can do, could have done a lot more. The government could have done a lot more, even, even to prevent it getting to this stage. Yes. But the thing with COVID-19 is like COVID-19 is around. 
but COVID-19 will not be around forever. Racism is something that's been around before COVID-19 and something that will be around after COVID-19 is gone. So my point is, those people yesterday, what they did probably wasn't good, but at the same time, I do applaud everything that they don't because they're trying to make a point to the country, to other people. Could they have not have done it? What we've seen, but Kevin, under the circumstances, could they not have had the protest online or through Zoom? Or we've seen loads of other protests recently on Zoom, online, doing different ways of you know. Obviously, we have to be a little bit experimental at the moment. That doesn't that doesn't really make the point. The point where the point these people are trying to make is the point to say, look at the way we're being treated compared to other people. We're not telling you guys that we shouldn't be out on the streets protesting. And another thing, I was out last weekend and the whole of Dublin were out. I was in Stevens Green yesterday. I'm not disagreeing with you, by the way, yeah. There were so many people out on the beaches yesterday. And I I, I am not disagreeing with you because people know my feelings on it, okay? The one point I was trying to make is like, you can't pick and choose or cherry pick what suits a certain individual. If 2,000 people decide to protest for what's right around the whole world, that's completely fine. But if over 5,000 people are at the beach in the parks, and people are speaking. I'm not accepting that. That's what I'm saying. Do you understand me? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, by the way, Kevin, are you black, by the way? I'm black. My okay. Black. I, and do you think, do you, can I ask you a question? I've been in this country for over 30 years. And, and can I ask you a question? Do you think Ireland, generally, I don't think we're anywhere close to what it's like in America, mind no, you. I don't know what states. But do you think, Ireland, do you think Ireland is a racist country, generally? No, I'll be completely honest with you. Ireland is not a racist country. It's not. There's a lot of, there's racism in Ireland, that's for sure. But I think that is probably probably the older, older generation. I feel like the younger generation are not even close to the way it was 10 years ago. When I used to, when I was growing up in school, I used to get bullied, I used to run out of school. My windows used to get smashed, just get called all sorts of things in my mom's house. My, everything. But as the years grew old, like kept coming five, ten years later, things started getting better. As in like more people started getting educated. A lot more. Well, yeah, but when you were born in Ireland, you were born in Ireland, okay, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was. When you were born in Ireland, I mean, you could walk around the streets of Dublin, Cork, Limerick, Galway. You would rarely see a black person. It would be unusual to see a black person actually in Ireland. That is true. I say about 10 years ago. Actually, no, maybe 20 years ago. I'm, I'm 26 now. 20 years ago, maybe around when I was six, you'd see maybe a black person the odd times, the odd times. Like I, I grew up, I grew up in a country where literally, I think there was only maybe two black people I ever seen. Phil Ennis. I grew up, <laughs> I grew up around a lot of Irish people. So Paul, Paul McGrath, Phil Ennis, and Laurie Hartz. <laughs> they were, well, well, stay there for a second because I want to bring Nuala in as well before I run no out of time problem. here. No Nuala, yeah. on Classic Kids. Go ahead, Nuala. Yeah, I definitely agree with the protest yesterday. I think it's something that I lived in America for thirteen years. Um, I am a nurse. I experience in even my profession. I uh, uh, see racism. I saw it going on. You know? no, but nobody's That's, disagreeing. I'm agreeing with both of you. But no, like, nobody, nobody is disagreeing with, uh, that, that racism yeah, is wrong. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we're not actually at the peak of the endemic at the moment or the pandemic. We're not. We've flattened the curve a bit. Christus. Most of Dublin yeah. has been out since last week anyway. There's been loads of people out, okay? Now, the, most of, if you look at the demonstration, most of them were wearing masks, okay? And they, the well, the pictures I've seen now, a lot of them weren't wearing masks. The greatest respect, Nuala. Well, there was a lot of them now, if you saw... Oh, the, I the saw a picture with one guy with a megaphone talking, and there's a huge group of people, a couple of hundred around him, and I, there wasn't one mask in sight in the picture I've seen, and well, there was no social distancing. Well, from what I could see from the news, there was a ah, lot... Don't butter it up, Nuala. There was no social no, distancing. There was, there was, well, I don't know about socialism, but the masks... The, the thing were, is, were, 
If a government is telling people, right, and I agree with you, and I agree with Kevin, people are out on the beaches, they are out on the parks, they will argue they're in their own groupings of families or whatever, right, that's fine, whatever. Okay, but, it, and then Shalia Varadkar himself was out in the park having a picnic last week anyway, with his top off drinking whatever he was drinking. Yeah. But the, the point is, if Leo Varadkar is telling us to do one thing, whether we're breaking rules or not, he'll have a go with us if we are breaking rules, and so will Simon Harris. And then all of a sudden there's a protest with over a thousand people or a thousand five hundred people walking down a Collins Street and he says nothing. It doesn't even refer to it. In yeah, fact, in fact he says he's in solidarity. If yeah. we're going to allow protests, and I'll say this to both of you one more time, there's a lot more things in this country we should be protesting about right now at this very moment in time. Can I just can I just ask you one question? Yeah, Kevin. You said there's a lot more things in this country to be protesting about, but yeah. what at the moment, what is bigger? What is actually yeah. bigger? The fact than that 1,060 people died in care homes over the last four weeks, to me, is a lot bigger. So you think just because 1,000 people died the last four weeks, which is very unfortunate. It's, that, it's more than unfortunate. It's tragic. You're telling me that itself is more important than... To Ireland and to, I- well, to Irish people, yes, that is extremely important at this very time. Racism is something, sadly, that's with us all the time. And we should be continually protesting against that on a regular that's basis and fighting that. But what I'm saying to you right now, if we're allowed to protest right now, we should be out on the streets demanding an excuse or a reason as to why the government ignored the elderly in care homes. Look... To be honest, the only person who can answer that is the government. Yeah, you're right. Normal, normal individuals cannot answer that. So if you want that answer, you're going to have to ask Leo Baracker yourself. Yeah, That's he won't come on the show, mate. He won't talk to That's me. That's just my opinion. But, but for you to sit sit there and tell me that thousand people dying, which is extremely, extremely unfortunate, but loads of other people have died in other countries due to COVID-19 as well. And I would say something I said. They, said unnecessarily. You, I'm talking about unnecessarily, Kevin. this is one thing I want everyone that's listening on this show to listen to me. COVID-19 came about in March. COVID-19 will be gone soon enough. Racism has been around for God knows how long. Racism will always be around. So the March yesterday wasn't just a kick in the face of people. It was a protest to make a point to people about racism. Either if that's in Ireland, America, the UK, anywhere. It was a point people are making. Okay, well, Kevin, Kevin, I'm running out of time and I don't want to be rude and cut you short, but I have to go into the news now. I'm going to get fired. Uh, so I tell you what, Kevin, I would love to talk to you for a much longer period of time. So maybe I'll organise that with Helena to get you on the show again. And maybe some evening, actually, where we will have a lot more time to chat together because I think you know an awful lot about it and you have some very passionate feelings on it. Uh, keep texting. The number's 87 right, let me uh, keep loads of, by the way, texts coming in about the previous topics. This is about the protest, of course, yesterday down O'Connell Street for Black Lives Matter. Matter. Now, Nula was on before the break, but unfortunately, Kevin had a lot to say, so I didn't give Nula uh, as much time to actually say what she wanted to say. She joins me again. Sorry, Nula, and I do yeah. apologise for cutting you a little bit short. I know you were angry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I just feel that um, people really need to look at that video. It's horrific. It's very disturbing watching it. I, uh, I've watched it's it. Just, it is I know, disturbing. but not everybody has. And I think the people that are coming on saying, oh, then we shouldn't have done the protest. But, but there's nobody... Listen, but Nuna, there's the nobody... But Nuna, no. I have seen many mm. videos, not just this one. I, I've seen uh, compilation videos of, you know, black people being shot by the police unnecessarily. Yeah. Black people mm. being killed. We know all the, 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 the origins of the story of Black Lives Matter, of course, goes right back to Travion Martin, a 17-year-old who was shot uh, after his, um, uh, his shooter, by the way, was acquitted. Uh, the 
then we had the Ferguson situation where it was, uh, what was his name? Um, Martin Brown, wasn't it, um, as well, mm. of course. And then you, you can go right back to Rodney King. And yeah, these are just Rodney examples. King, I remember that. And people have rightly pointed out, by the way, there have been white people who've been unfairly treated by the police and killed oh, yes, by the police. And in America. The That's Irish have been raised, uh, people have been raised to Irish absolutely. people. I live there. And, and look, and there is nobody... is on everywhere. In absolutely. every country in the world. Nula, there is nobody you know, so. denying that for a minute. No. And nobody mm-hmm. is denying that we should care. Uh, now, the fact that it's 6,000 miles away, and thankfully here in Ireland, we don't have that type of problem. We do have racism, but we don't have that type of problem, thankfully, in this country. But the point is, a lot of people are saying, we would love to have protested about different things in this country over the last few weeks. There's been many different issues that have arisen in relation to government, even, for example. Uh, but we can't, because we're being told by our Taoiseach that you cannot have mass assemblies. And frontline workers are out there saying... This flies in the face of everything that we've been told to do. Well, I think it's just the time frame. Um, what's happening in America is affecting. It's really, it's gone to, like, it needs to come to a peak. Basically, this protest, the, the destruction that's happening is probably built up for years in people. Like, there, there are people there. I'm not agreeing with violence or and, and the black, most of the black people do not agree with violence, okay? There's also black and white doing this. It isn't just white people. Yeah, there's, no, black there's people. nothing to be achieved by but losing shops and burning down police it, stations. We wouldn't yeah. be having any protests around the world only for the violence. The violence has escalated to, to get world attention, okay? It needed to probably, a certain amount of it needed to happen. I don't okay? believe that. I don't, I don't agree with you. Well, at all. nobody agrees with violence, but. No, we wouldn't be really to hear talking about it. But do you, not, do, you not, do you not think no. when we see the scenes on yeah. CNN of people looting shops, burning down buildings, burning yeah, down places? Yeah, but there's only a small section well, no, Absolutely, that. but what, okay. I'm, what I'm saying to yeah. you is when we see those scenes, does oh, that yeah, not nobody just... nobody agrees with it. But no, it just compounds the problem, really, doesn't it? It wouldn't be worldwide national news now if, if that wasn't happening. If something had to escalate it to draw the attention to it. This has been happening for years. I have a brother-in-law that's black, okay? He told me that he grew up all his life. He's been, you know, segregated against, and he's a very smart man and everything. It doesn't matter. Education, nothing. They still get racism shown towards them. It happens all the time still. And, and, if, and if the police are unfairly shooting anybody, be they white or be they black, there absolutely should be protests. Yeah. But I well, still uh, don't agree with you to, that we achieve you know, nothing it, by burning yeah. buildings down. But these people, there's a, these other officers who were there at the scene did nothing to help Absolutely, that and they, sh- they should be brought to task as well. The whole lot of them should be in jail for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. And anyone that ever does anything like they're getting away with it for years i mean he stood there the poor man was dying okay he was dead already after five minutes i know by looking at him i'm a yeah. time a nurse uh he was dead already and he still kneeled he still on his had neck his knee on him you yeah. know he wanted him to die you know it was so horrific you know it is the worst I've but, you're, but you're a nurse no, well uh, let me ask you a question Anula. you're a nurse mm-hmm. um obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic um what's your thoughts on social distancing well like if, if the people were wearing the mask and they had the hand sanitizer, which I saw when I saw the news, I Nula, saw a lot Nula, of people Nula, with don't masks. say that to me again. Because no. I've saw numerous pictures in the papers today. And one particular paper, picture I showed it earlier on to Lena, there's about 100 people around a guy shouting through a megaphone. Not one of them mm. has a mask on and there's no social distancing. So from that point of view, Nula, generally speaking, there was very little social distancing there. I'm asking you as a nurse, what's your feeling on social distancing? Well, we, we have... Well, we're not at the curve of the... We have wiped the curve. 
But like I said, in Dublin, there's people have been out in the streets in the last week anyway. I'm not asking to justify it. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm asking you as a nurse, what's your feeling on social distance? Do you believe of people... Of course I would be social well, well, then what, well, if you're saying that, of course, social distancing is important currently at the moment, well, then surely to hell, then you would condemn a mass gathering of people no matter what it was for. But whether it be on the beach, whether it be in a park or going down O'Connell Street to protest something that happened in America. Either way, you should, should you not condemn it? Well, all I can say is that that's just the way things have worked out. The people that went there are mainly young people, for I could see from the from the the news. They're mainly young. They're probably really someone probably will get it more than likely they will, especially the ones without the masks. Anyway, you know. But um, what can you say, like you know? What can I say? I could say that you shouldn't have done it, is what I could say, because that's what our Taoiseach is saying. They shouldn't do it. But then again, our Taoiseach was very slow to condemn it today. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, as I mentioned already to Kevin, there's lots of reasons in this country I could think of that we should be out protesting at the moment. One of them we talked about for nearly two hours on Friday, the fact that our government let down the elderly people in this country and failed to protect them. It's true, a lack of PPE. I worked in... Okay, no, worked. well, whatever it is, whatever the reason was, our government failed to protect the elderly in this country and most of the, the cases of people that have died in this country from COVID have been elderly in homes. Um, we we should be protesting against that, shouldn't we? Equipment, to begin with. We, had, no, yeah, we were not absolutely. prepared for a pandemic. Absolutely. So shouldn't we have been protesting against that? Shouldn't we have been out in the streets demanding an explanation? Shouldn't we? That was the government. The government didn't plan ahead. Okay, but should we have not have protested the fact that we had unnecessary deaths in this country over the last six weeks? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it still needs to happen. Who well, knows? well, it does need to happen, but not right now is the point that everybody is saying. Okay, stay there, Nuala, if you want to. Kaz, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Kaz? Hello, Nile again. How are you? Good. Kaz, are you just back from Chicago? Just landed in from Chicago today. I was absolutely disgusted to see Irish social media and seeing non-distance social distancing breaking every law under the sun. You've obviously seen the video that I sent you of Chicago. Chicago's on a total lockdown. Yeah. You can go absolutely nowhere. There's a curfew, yeah. There's, no, not just a curfew. The curfew was from 9pm to 6am. It's now, after being brought forward to 7pm to 9am. And they're talking about, there's no point to be out in the street, to be quite honest about it, because everything is wrecked, boarded up. <clears throat> What's part of me? went down by the Trump building, social distance. Everybody that was out yesterday morning was social distancing because the first thing the mayor did, she did not condemn peaceful protesting. She condemned social distancing rules being broken. Mm-hmm. She said the next lot of deaths will not be through rioting, loitering or murder. It will be to do with COVID-19. The first black person to die in America was in Chicago. They were going they were going to go into their phase three on Wednesday after twelve weeks of just one city having no income from raids, shops being opened, people getting to work, everybody looking forward to going to work on Wednesday, so are the tourists that they could actually shop. That's all been put back because she said, You broke the rules, it's been put back. Not just her as the mayor, every elected representative of awards, like, say, Dublin, Cork, Limerick, wherever, that, that were elected by the people to protect the people and to enforce social distancing, have condemned what's going on. 
Well, Leo Varadka, there, Leo Varadka hasn't condemned the march in hmm. Dublin yesterday. No, because he wouldn't be social. Social media wouldn't like him then, and then he wouldn't be very popular. It's not a very liberal. It wouldn't be a very liberal thing to do, would no, it? No, it really wouldn't. It's it's not the thing to do. But yes, all the young Irish people and middle-aged people who Leo and his government think, oh, it's okay if they get it, they'll survive it. For anybody over 60, 70, stop them, they're going to die anyway. Why have I for 12 weeks been cut 50% of my pay? Colleagues in Shannon have been laid off for July and August for people to go and protest. You can protest online. You can do everything online. Well, people have come up with unusual ways of protesting over the last yes, eight weeks in Zoom have. and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. They have. So why is everybody else suffering? Just open up the country, so. Why do we close the country for 12 weeks? Well, I mean, this is what I said on Twitter last night. If mm-hmm. Leo Varadkar is not condemning this, well, then I assume that Let's Leo... Go on ho- Let's all go on holidays. I assume he thinks, well, or he's more or less saying, sure, that's gra- uh, it was that's grand. grand. Yeah. And, wh- and what did the elderly die for? everybody just to it is very very sad what has happened to this gentleman in the states his family were on fox 32 people can google it his brother broke down crying he does not want rioting he does not want loitering he just wants the people that were there and took part the other three police they're not getting away with it but I hope not. Just, no, they're not. The chief of police, their boss, that fired the four of them on the spot, had to do that so that proceedings could be brought against them. Your man's third-degree murder charge is now after being upgraded to a different level because he knew him. So it's now classed as premeditated murder. I, 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 in relation to that, I mean, we were talking about this earlier on in the office, and, and, and I, I know initially he was charged with third-degree murder, and a lot of people said, mm-hmm. well, why? Because you have to prove that it's premeditated. And I think even in a court of law, <laughs> as much as it kills me to say it, it would be difficult to prove that it was premeditated. Well, they're saying now it was premeditated because the two of them used work the door as bouncers together, and they had an alteration couple of months ago. Oh, right. Okay, so it seems so the cop he, knew him. Yes, the cop The cop worked with him. He worked with him. The guy was a doorman in a nightclub, which was burnt to the ground last night. Okay, so this is Derek Chauvin, is his name. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. the cop that killed him. Yeah. yeah, the other three cops tried but stepped back. So they're trying to charge them. Well, I saw, from the video I, I saw, one cop is kind of standing with his back to them. And, and people are trying to video it and saying, will you tell him to stop? And he's doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But they had to be fired and it had to go through the channels. Now, this is coming from the chief of police of that area. That gentleman, that's all I could call him. He spoke directly to the family, knelt down, took his cap off. But before he did it, he asked people to social distance from him. He asked the reporter to social distance. His family have been uh, applauded uh, and should yes. be, and because his family has be. behaved with, with they graciously with to others, yeah, they absolutely with so dignity, and, and they and they have begged people to stop this stop. lawlessness. And as the mayor, like I can only talk about Chicago, what well, I've witnessed, for a mayor to come on the TV and to say, "This is not about a protest." Nobody goes to a protest with an iron bar, baseball bats, and fireworks. They're there to cause trouble. And can I say that the majority of protests have been peaceful? It, it is. It, peaceful. it is. It, it is a minority, and unfortunately, the minority. And I know and Donald Trump has referred to Antifa as terrorists at this stage. Yeah, and um, it's getting it's getting spin off. 
Yeah. But, and, in, in, but in relation to what happened here, do you think Leo Varadkar should come out and say and condemn, not condemn, I, I suppose, the thoughts and feelings that people have towards this particular issue, certainly. And, and there is other ways and we could do it or delay this or postpone this protest if we needed to or do it online. But he should condemn the mass gathering of people yesterday. Yes, he should, because everybody was looking forward to going to their concerts. No gatherings over 500 people, so no concerts are happening. The GA are up in arms, so why don't we just open everything up and if Leo says anything, say, well, there were thousands, thousands set. They were not social distancing. Whether you're wearing a mask or not, well, Newland said they were all wearing masks. They weren't wearing masks. They I saw, were not I saw, wearing masks. No, they weren't. They were not wearing And they weren't masks. social distancing. There was I one or two to, people wearing masks. Now, I had to wear a mask for eight hours on a flight, and believe me, it is hard going to wear a mask for eight hours. Now, I'm not doing that because, oh, it's a fashionable thing. It's the in thing to do. I'm doing it because it's the law at the moment to protect people on aircrafts. We're enforcing people. We're social distancing people. And all your passengers social have to distancing. wear them as well, don't yes. they? Yeah. And they have to social distance. They can't be st- walking up like they like these to up like down the aisles. Yeah. Yeah. That cannot happen oh, you're anymore. Not, oh, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to do but, that. But I thought the reason we do that was to stop us getting thrombosis. No, you drink lots of water. Right, okay, because I always, I always get very stiff and I have to get up and walk every now and again. Now, that's your own problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting older than Cass. But, the thing but is, Cass, was there many people on the flight? There was just under 40 because most people couldn't make it to the airport because of lockdown. Okay, so... so and the the highway. Sort of, it's a, a knock-on effect. Well, it's an Airbus, is it? It was the big, the big bird. All right. Big 330. Okay, so and what so, does that hold? 400 people? Uh... 378. I said they can all have three seats each to lie on. What we did with, what we did with them, there's rows of four. Guys, lie across the rows of four. Every second row. Yeah. They're doing it. They're obeying the rules. And then they come back to Ireland and they're filled out their forms. Everything is above board. People are complying. And then they look at the but course. That, yeah, oh but God, guys, between me and you, on a, on a different note completely, that can't last long. Because no, because the airline won't make any money, and that wouldn't no. be worth actually flying. So it's not. It, there was no. It wouldn't be financially viable to fly a plane from Dublin to Chicago with forty people on it. Well, it does because it's cargo. Oh, there was cargo. On it as well. There's oh. a lot of cargo going back and forth to the states from Ireland. Okay, okay. Ireland, Ireland supplies McDonald's with potatoes for chips. Do they? Yes, they do. <laughs> right. So, so it's it's not bums on seats. It's what's below is there as well. Right, but from a long-term point of view, from a full schedule for Aer Lingus and for Ryanair and for every other airline, that for, wouldn't, it for wouldn't... Us, for us as crew, and yeah. I'm not saying, oh, we're looking after ourselves, poor crew, poor crew. It's not just crew, it's the knock-on effect. People are suppliers, yes, taxi drivers, both people. And then to be seen, we're all obeying the rules. We've all taken pay cuts. We're now down to 30% of our salary from July. So why am I cut 30% and all these people are going to the park to object to... Right, a peaceful protest, but do social distancing, which cannot happen. The Debenhams team, they weren't allowed protest. No, so their names were taken. Their names were taken. So, so what, what's the crack there? All right, listen, thank so you very much indeed, Kaz. Go on, I'll see you and stay All right. safe. Uh, you too. Okay, you too. Bye. Thanks, bye. There you go, Kaz, who works in an airline. And obviously she's just come back from Chicago and says obviously the situation over there has changed radically now in relation to their phased plans because of what has happened. And basically the mayor has said, OK, we were, we're supposed to go back to normal next Monday or some level of normality with our next phase. But she's going to all wait now because she didn't bother the social distance. But Leah Veronica has completely ignored it. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.